we're trying to figure out what our kids are going to name their children mm. and if they're going to do the same thing we did to our parents which was choose old fogey names Ooh. and <laughs> and revive them so we're like what are their Chuck, old Chuck. fogey names going to be check 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 what is that song from coco it's like everyone knows Juanita. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never I've only, seen yeah, Coco. I've only seen part of it. I've heard it's awesome. Oh People my rave about it. I don't know. It's very well today for the podcast. We're just gonna watch Coco, <laughs> <laughs> a reaction podcast. Let's do that. Let's we'll play the soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. We're so cool enough for that. Yeah. Do we be back, sued? By though? the way. The, yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. I was getting his road trip. Route tale, 66. Tales of woe and glory. Yeah, uh, no, I took 190 to 284 mm-hmm. to the 10, something Ooh. like that. Nice. Did you, did you use Brown. your thing the whole way, or did you just go by a navigational brain? Uh, well, I mean, probably, I guess I could have just driven east and figured it out, <laughs> but or west and just figured it out. East, I would have never figured east out. East would have been a problem. How to get to Tucson, <laughs> but... <laughs> Probably could have driven west and eventually hit something because you yeah. know we're pretty much on the same uh, longitude, yeah. latitude, latitude. Whatever it is, I don't know. But we're yeah. about the same flatitude as. But I traveled to flatitude. Mm-hmm. Is that how you that's remember? How remember. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's little great. mnemonic device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If only you can do that to figure out how to say parallel. Parallel. I used the word last night in group. You I weren't there, and I, I was s- like, "That was an inside joke for Joey." I was like, "There's an interesting parallel." <laughs> <laughs> so you, I went back and listened, and I actually sent clips to Autumn mm. for verification. Oh, and then now she's got it? me on this whole other project to some weird word that she says, and it's like justifying her. With oh, great! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? What is it's, it? What does he say? So he, he says, "Parallel." Yeah, it's like an emphasis. So the emphasis in the word parallel, meaning two lines that never intersect, Mm -hmm. is at the P-A-R-A. Parallel. Parallel. So he doesn't emphasize the first half. He emphasizes the second half. I think it's an oddity of me trying to like push the word out. Parallel. Here's a parallel. Like Mm. that. So Mm. I have clips of it. Yeah. Or I I grabbed one that's actually not a great clip to send to Autumn. It was just the first one I could find. Mm-hmm. But she messaged me back to make sure that I knew that actually that is in factually factual to say it that way <laughs> with different meanings. I'm trying to find her text. Yeah, so, she's all about, there's this street called Belt Loop that John so, Newbury lives on and we always argue about it. So <laughs> she says, what? parallel noun as in this thing is a thing that can be understood in relation to the other which is the one being spoken of in this example, versus parallel, which mm-hmm. is an adjective, as in this line runs parallel to the one it will what never intersect. She's saying there's two different pronunciations. So there are two pronunciations. One is an adjective and one is a noun. No. So Dave has been pronouncing the noun, and that means that it was accurate because <laughs> because he was using it as a noun I think this to is where, be a relationship. Like you can't get your wife to testify against you in court. I think this is one of those things. <laughs> I mean, I think you need I'm, to make a public apology. Too. I'm, I'm all about it. To be fair, whenever uh, whenever I was bringing it up, I did say, oftentimes I bring something up to you, Dave, and you'll tell me, well, actually, this is the reason I do it, and mm-hmm. and I'll go, okay, well, you're right. That makes sense. If that's how it is in the dictionary or whatever, that makes mm-hmm. sense. 
that's just not how people say that word. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's what I actually said when we were mm-hmm. when we were discussing it. And then I got a slew of text and, <laughs> and everything to make sure that I knew. Actually, it started off with with saying how much she thinks alike and yeah. she loves listening and whatever. And then. She said, but I am sincerely puzzled by your critique of Dave's wor- use of the word parallel. But here's a clip. I don't know if we'll be able to hear it, but it's a, it's not the best example, but it's a example. Right. So there's a parallel in the sense that we know. Parallel? There's a parallel. So there's a parallel in yeah, the sense yeah. that we know. So that's not how normally people say that's the not word how people parallel. Speak. Yeah, that's, that's pre-preacher. That's speak. public speaking emphasis. But apparently, <laughs> that is actually the way to say parallel mm. if you mean a, a comparison of two things. Gotcha. I was laughing so talking funny. to Brooke about it because I was like, "Yeah, Joey went off on this thing," and I'm thinking in my head, "No one's interested in this. this is the most boring." And then I thought, "Everyone's interested in this. It's exactly <laughs> what they want to listen to." <laughs> I don't, I don't know That's if I crazy. would use, use that much hyperbole. We don't want to go off the deep end into but, doctrine and devotion <laughs> confusion. Doctrine and devotion podcast? is a podcast. Love those guys, by, but uh, they have a lot of small Two pastors talk. at a church in Chicago? Yeah. In Florida? Greater Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Outside yeah. of. It's been a while since I listened to it. I stopped listening to them around the whole, um, the John MacArthur. Beth Moore. Uh, no, no, no. Before that, Strange Fire. John MacArthur and his like uh, thing that he wanted everybody to sign. Oh, social justice. Thing. And so they were going through it part by part and discussing the different parts. And I don't know why, but that's just where I kind of stopped listening to it. It got boring or mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason I don't super like their their jokes. They do a lot of really inside jokes. Yeah. I try to edit, at least explain what I'm talking about. Yeah. I feel like they're like, hey, I'm an elder and a pastor of this church and I'm an elder pastor of the same church and so we're like best friends and mm-hmm. come check out what it's like to hang out with us which could be fun mm-hmm. and maybe if I listened more I'd get more of their inside yeah. jokes but that's not my goal mm-hmm. with our stuff is to be like we're insiders and you could take a peek but you'll have no clue what's going on <laughs> yeah like, it's nice for people that, to understand yeah that'll ha- probably happen accidentally but it's good to not aim for it uh, it's even nicer lot, when people yeah. understand <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that was a reference to five minutes ago so you could just back up and an inside joke. are we and using this what's happening <laughs> yeah i think we've already started okay um, oh no oh no dude there's another podcast i listen to where they literally just start and you just come in and you're like whoa where yeah. are we what is going on it's like a john grisham novel and it's like we're being chased by bad okay. guys hurry <laughs> and that's perfect start it there and yeah. like, <laughs> we're being chased by bad guys <laughs> they I've, like I've never heard. do an intro never do an outro yeah. it's just really weird it's like there and there's not there and you're like oh there's wait, the middle way i've heard where they start in the conversation then do the intro and then keep going mm. cool well thanks for tuning in you've been listening to sun nope that's the wrong one that's the end <laughs> i oh, say you've oh, been listening i don't to know what your end, end was I was wondering what your end one was. Like it's really no different. I, instead of saying, thanks for tuning in, you're listening to, mm. I say, thanks oh. for tuning in, you've been listening to. It's a simple change of tense. So, thanks for tuning in, you are currently listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of the sermons, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, 
visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, another assistant pastor that sings and sends emails. I'm Dave McMurray. I am the teaching pastor at Grace Bible Church. So to say another assistant pastor that sings and sends emails is just reusing your singing and and sending. Well, I guess you use different words. I don't know. I don't keep it. I have a spread. I have a spreadsheet of all the ones I've used, (laughs) and I try not to repeat. You should do it like when you're trying to buy airline tickets, (laughs) and you could do the grid of like the best combination. You know, if Mm. I leave on Sunday in the morning and return on Tuesday in the afternoon, Mm. it's the best possible combination. Mm -hmm. That's for price wise, but it'd be really fun to see your best Mm -hmm. combo. The assistant pastor of juice boxes, and I don't know what's most popular. I have to have an online poll to know what people prefer. Many people call in. Mm, yes, but What's, you can call make into a grid, our call screener. You can make a grid based off of like alliterations oh, or like mm-hmm. um, point system things that go to. Yeah, you could you could create one, and then you could do mm. voting if you want to. But I would like to see a grid of all the different synonyms for what you do. I was in my head trying to work in ukulele because of this week, but or ukulele. Mm, How do you it? pronounce it? Did you play the ukulele this week? I did. I had a grass skirt on <laughs> in my heart. In your heart. Okay, good. It's a little nervous. Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii, but we do have a student in youth group right now who is all about his Hawaiian heritage, and it's very fun. Cool. He. I bet he loves it, which is our topic for today. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Speaking of love, if you call 1-800... I don't know. That was weird. It wasn't supposed to be weird. Um, it's the request line. Yeah, it was going to be mm-hmm. the request line or mm-hmm. something, or like buying a product that you'll love. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not quick enough on my feet this morning. Mm-hmm. But it was really funny. Well, this sounds horrible. It was not really funny. So <laughs> I had to go out of town to Tucson. For a not funny reason. For Yeah, my grandpa died on Thursday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Wednesday he he died, and so my whole family was going to Tucson to take care of everything and and whatnot. And so I was looking at flights, and that's what made me think of the flight grid right now. And mm-hmm. I was looking at trains and mm-hmm. uh, I was looking at renting cars, automobiles, and trying to find a way to take a boat. Like I looked mm-hmm. for every option, and a man, it boat. was just anything last minute is just real expensive. Yeah, it's like well maybe if I wait a couple of days, still it was yeah. It was and ridiculous. taking a boat across the desert is very inefficient. Yeah, it's inefficient, <laughs> but if it's cheaper, it might be <laughs> worth it. Anyway. Might be worth the money. Um, anyway, so after debating for hours, I just got in the car and drove. But as I was driving, I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to some podcasts, gonna whatever. And I was listening to one podcast, and I thought about us and our podcast, mm. and that we record on Mondays at 10.30, and I was thinking, man, I might not be back in time for our podcast, because mm. I was driving by myself, so it's about a 13-hour drive to Tucson. Mm-hmm. So on the way there, I split it with El Paso, so if you're a friend of ours and you're in El Paso, I didn't not stay with you because it was I was thinking through not <laughs> hanging out with you. Mm. If you're a friend of ours in El Paso and you listen to this... I was at El Paso at 3 a.m. I slept for a couple hours and left at like 7 a.m. So I guess don't that's be a mad few hours. Friend in El Paso. So don't get mad, El Paso <laughs> friends. Yes. Um, no, I was just there for a little Ooh, while. Sorry. And so, uh, so I was only there for a couple hours. Then I drove the rest of the way to Tucson, and uh, we met up with the family and took care of business. But as we were driving, I was thinking about our podcast. <laughs> sorry, I'm breaking things. You may or may not hear all the noise Dave is making, <laughs> but. I was thinking about our podcast, how we record on Monday at 10.30s, and how I might not be here. And then I thought, oh, no. 
last week at the end of our podcast, I said, if I'm not here next week, you'll know why. Implying that Dave fired me. Mm. You know, that it reminds me of an interesting parallel that I'd like to talk about. (laughs) That's great. Um, (laughs) But I, uh, so I almost recorded a voice memo to send to you guys saying, Hi, this is Joey. I'm not dead, but I just couldn't make it in today. (laughs) He didn't fire me. But it's nice. Actually, we ended up driving nonstop the whole way back. And I'm not using the Royal Wii. My sister came back with me. She said, Man, I could just buy a one way ticket back. So she bought, she found some $80 one way flight to LA. So Mm, she's going to hang out with us for a few days. Do you love her? (laughs) Do you want to marry her? Because love is what we're talking about. You guys are encroaching upon my random thoughts. Chris is trying. Um, Chris is trying. We've we've unraveled into Chris Webster randomness. (laughs) No, I was just giving backstory for the week. That's right. Providing some personal. That's actually quite linear and progressive. I'll accept it. I was going to go further and say, Mm. so I listened to your sermon not here. I was Mm. not here. I was I was driving back during our like Sunday service. In Brady, Texas or something. So thanks. Uh, I have no clue what mm-hmm. part of Texas I was at at 10.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have an idea. At 10.30, I was probably in like, not quite to San Saba. San mm-hmm. Saba. Mm-hmm. So I was almost back. Yeah. yeah. We drove. We left at like 10 p.m. On I've always thought San Saba Saturday. was a cool name for a city. There are... Uh, their high school. Do you love that name? Oh my I love goodness! <laughs> we hope keep you going love this. Just keep joking. It's okay. Just keep saying you. how much you love things. There, <laughs> San Saba's high school like mascot little like phrase. You know that you paint on walls at hmm. high schools like Mainer Middle Schools. Like Mainer means success. Oh yeah. I don't remember what it was in San Saba, but it was weird. I was like, this is weird. This is not yeah. not normal. It's not not right. okay. So look it up. Like, we're better than average, or (laughs) we do okay. (laughs) Something like that, yeah. My favorite mascot is Wampus Cat. So, just had to get that out there. Is that from Waco? Waco Wampus Uh, Cat? It's It's like some random town north of Waco on I-35. Wampus Cat? Wampus Cat. It's between I-35 and Fort Worth. I don't remember what town it is. I love it so much. It's a pretty big stretch of... That's a lot of highway there. It's like, yeah. That's a lot of highway. That's so good. Well... Still leading us into starting. Mm. Um, so I didn't have my notes. I wasn't taking notes well. I did listen twice since mm. since then. So I was trying to write down all of your points and everything just in my from my head onto my paper. So mm. I won't all be where you're at today. I don't have quotes. I don't have all kinds of things. So you all will have to help me get through today. But today is, <laughs> if you haven't realized it yet... About joy, love, love. <laughs> I just had this picture of everyone listening to the podcast and like yelling into their device. No, that's the wrong point, Joey. <laughs> so if he gets it wrong, do that. It will make me glad. Go ahead. Yes, it will make Chris glad to know that you're in your car alone, driving to work, screaming <laughs> yeah. at your phone in unison. Mm. Yes. you got to listen at the same time. Okay, everybody, right press play right. <laughs> Now, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is our second week of the Advent series. Advent meaning the um, arrival of a notable person mm-hmm. or an event. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the notable person we're talking about here is Shakira. 
my gosh. So wrong. Is, Take uh, a nap. You're gonna have to Take edit that out. Is Jesus? I don't have to edit that out. <laughs> is uh, is Jesus Christ the Messiah, mm-hmm. the God Man, which you talked about this week? Mm-hmm. But um, again, not in the Gospels this week. Junior hires were probably lighting things on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philippians this week, chapter yes. two. But out of deference to them, I used Gospels for illustrations. Oh, so good. Yes. You used uh, Luke, John. Luke. 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 Okay. I think it was all from Luke. Okay. Week. I take back my John. I'll edit that out. No, I did use John too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just meant Christmas story oh, okay. specific good, birth good, narrative good. stuff okay. I used was from Luke. Yeah, Luke's the way to go. Um, oops. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And um, your three points were love unifies, love empties, and love shocks. Yes. If you were trying to read my writing on my paper, it might look like uh, love unites, mm. love emptress, <laughs> and love schools. Mm. But mm. I but slowly said it because I remembered. If I actually just look at it, I'll know it. But it definitely definitely does not look like those words. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, I like emptress. Emptress. That sounds like a. Mm. I don't know why shocks a super has villainous a, has a C. The empress, tempting empress. Of <laughs> she empties people of their energy. <laughs> oh, cool. That's awesome. Well, you started off by telling us how much you hate junior hires, mm-hmm. and uh, no, just you, the mean ones that don't think I'm cool. You only, yeah, you only like junior <laughs> hires that think you're cool. There so you, you told us you hated all junior hires, yes. <laughs> and. Um, no, you started off with a little illustration. Did you talk uh, a little illustration? Your illustration is so little. It was tiny. Um, it was petite. About how sometimes we don't feel affection towards individuals, maybe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't want to love individuals, but we're called to love. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the difference, or maybe not so much. You, you talked about the idea that there is a difference mm-hmm. biblically between love and affection. Yeah. I'm not sure that you went into it in too much detail. I just set it up at the beginning. To, I, I was trying to avoid confusion because I think everybody automatically thinks, oh, Dave's telling me to feel sweet feelings about people because that's how our culture says love. But I was trying to say, no, it's actually serving and caring for people. Mm. It's different. I want this podcast title to be Feel Sweet Feelings <laughs> in Colleen. Feel um, Sweet Feelings. So so is it just that then? It's just feeling versus, I mean, you said love is an action, right? Is it, yeah. is it just that? I'm kind of confused, to be fair. To, be, to be fair, the New Testament does call us towards... You know, kindness, affection, these other these other things that that we are, what we typically think of as love. But I was trying to focus in on serving and doing things for people is truly what love is, and that's how love is used in the New Testament predominantly. Is it, this is later on in Philippians two, right past that? It says it's the verse. It is God who works in you to will and to act. Is that also, is that actually, I was, I was just curious about that, is the will part, is that actually kind of the want to want to and to do it? Or is that, I know I'm putting you on the spot. You didn't get I just don't understand it. the question. Say it again. So, so we're talking about sort of the doing, the action of love and the feeling of love and uh-huh. how those are, those are distinct, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but related. Mm-hmm. 
And then later on in this passage, we're about to talk about it. Actually, afterwards, it says, for it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purposes. And I didn't know if that was actually similar, maybe, or I don't know. The will so. part, right? Is the will part the like, he gives you the want to and, and helps you do it? I think so. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Just a thought. <laughs> Sweet. No, I, yeah, I didn't understand your question at first, but I think that makes sense, and mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's the will you're talking about is like the affection part, the the wanting to, the the desire of your heart is like the will, and then the or whatever. Yeah, and so maybe that's that's that helps guide the conversation of I was wanting to kind of ask a little more about what what does the culture get wrong and why and maybe that guides it a little bit of we we only do the want to part and not the do it anyway part of love or you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the happy fuzzy but is it as simple as that is there anything else that just it is not that simple yeah yeah but (laughs) good answer i think I think we've got to start with the action. And mm. that's, that's why I was trying to focus on that. We've got mm. to start there. Um, and y- y'all have heard me preach a- an annoying enough times to, <laughs> to know that I believe that we're supposed to feel empathy and feelings are good and we should like work on that as Westerners who tend to, especially Western men, we tend to deny our feelings. So I think we need to work on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to like keep it focused on got to start with the actions. The actions the main mm-hmm. thing and the and Jesus washing his disciples feet is this great picture. The the Greek guys that know a lot more than me say there's this strong parallel between Philippians 2 and John chapter 13 and that there's a lot of like key words that kind of match up mm-hmm. so that you can kind of lay them next to each other and say what's being talked about in Philippians 2 the way Jesus served is being acted out by Jesus in John 13. Hmm. So it's interesting though because they're not it's not a separate thing either right mm-hmm. it's like we are not called to cold heart obedience but actually to have affection so that i think the places i think of that are in marriage and in mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. so in worship sometimes i'll tell people like sometimes your heart leads your hands mm-hmm. and sometimes your hands lead your heart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i think that's what you're hitting on is the harder part is like i don't feel this and i'm going to raise my hands anyway mm-hmm. um and actually that sometimes that risk and that stepping out actually stirs your affection so that's a side note i know that's not really talking about the passage but mm-hmm. same with marriage right men will talk a lot i don't feel like buying flowers for my wife mm-hmm. but then i'm sure we've all experienced that I stepped out and bought flowers for my wife and actually felt affection for her after I chose to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a huge, yeah. I mean, that could be a whole three more sermons, but yeah, I think that's a big part of Christian experience. We do Mm -hmm. things that God tells us to do. And then later we're like, Oh, that thing God told me to do was good. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And then we kind of feel it later, I think. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that's, I do think that's huge because especially again in the West to kind of pick on our cultural moment, we're transitioning right now, and I think we're transitioning more towards uh, a different kind of cultural moment. But I think historically, we've said information is really important, and education and information is central to discipleship, which we would not want to throw it out. But but doing the right things that's essential to discipleship as well, and it shapes us when we do things that God tells us to do. Mm. Yeah, and and you talked a lot about what Chris was talking about how. Mm. 
sometimes doing the action shapes mm-hmm. the the affections and the emotions mm-hmm. so your first point was love unifies or unites which one unifies unifies okay i looked down at my notes and it could be either <laughs> word so unities love unifies mm-hmm. and so can you tell us what verses that was from mm-hmm. and kind of a quick summary of that yeah. one verses 1 through 4 he he goes on and says like if if you got any affection any consolation any comfort it's it's like a different grab bag of words and different translations. But, but if you feel any love from Jesus, then, um, humble yourself, then be of the same mind then be of the same spirit. He uses a lot of sames, you know, like be one with, be the same with uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ, be united with them. And so the transition is that the love of Jesus poured out on us is going to make us connect with and be unified with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and he even then gives some negative, like, don't do things uh, out of, I'm looking it up here, out of vain conceit? Where is that? Selfish, selfish ambition or conceit. Yeah. It's funny, I'm not seeing it. Oh, yeah, yeah it's in verse 3. Mm-hmm. Rivalry or conceit is what mine mm-hmm. said. I got confused <laughs> in the middle of my second service sermon because the ESV has changed a couple of these words from one generation to the next, so hmm. that threw me a little bit, but... That was the first point. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves us. We'll have unity. We'll unify. We'll connect with the people around us. Mm-hmm. So in, in verse 2, talking about unity, it says, um, by having the same love, being united in spirit. Mm-hmm. The Greek Greek word is sumyukoi, mm-hmm. which literally means fellow-souled. Whoa. Isn't that really cool? That's cool, yeah. Fellow-souled. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, that was just so not an actual thought or anything to discuss. It was just like <laughs> it's a weird word. Yeah. Cool. No, I Fellow like sold. I felt like that's a really mm-hmm. cool way of thinking about being unified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess what examples of unity or unifyingness unify? It's going to throw me off all day. Unify is the brand of networking that we have at the church. So all of our oh, no. all of our uh, internet devices are Unify devices. Sponsored but, by Unify. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Unify. Networking reimagined. Maybe before... So I'm not sure what your question was. I don't know either. I was <laughs> going to ask maybe a foundational question as we dive into how it uni- unifies us is how do you know that God loves you and I, I, we know, I think, there's the most and most right, correct way of knowing is, is through the cross. We, we see that displayed and we know this deep picture of God's love. And that's, that's the most correct answer. But I, I guess I want to go like more towards this like experiential side of like, mm-hmm. how do you know God loves you in your own experience? Or um, does that make sense? What, mm-hmm. What's the ways? What are verse one? Are you're saying how does verse one manifest? Itself? Yeah, because I think I think it's easy as people who have been in the church a long time to just go quickly through that and say, oh yeah, okay, God loves you. Obviously, now let's look at the effect of that. Mm-hmm. And for someone who's saying, how do I know that? You know, mm-hmm. how do I know that God loves you? Loves me? And I don't want to take the cross off the table. Maybe you know, <laughs> I just yeah. I want to even dig deeper if we can. Well, I think 
the context is important because the Philippian church were a very strong church. They were unusually capable and healthy. Hmm. So a lot of the letters written to the churches, you know, so the New Testament, sometimes they're called epistles, but these letters that Paul writes, they're often to like really messed up churches that have huge problems and huge false teaching that's circulating around. Um, but this is one of those where they're they're pretty strong people, hmm. and I actually related it to our congregation, military, retired military, doers, smart people, and know how to do the right thing. And so I see... Paul pressing them past kind of self-reliance towards grace-centered humility. So Hmm. they had already had some experience of knowing Jesus died for them and following Jesus and beginning to walk in obedience, but he's trying to kind of press them on towards a humility of continually being comforted by God's grace to them, realizing their need of grace, and then showing that to others. So I was... uh, envisioning this as these are a strong people and obedient people but maybe they're struggling a little bit with pride Hmm. and bitterness and disunity and he's trying to move them towards humility which will help them be unified Hmm. Um, so i don't know if that answers what you're saying but i think that's the movement that that these guys were dealing with Hmm. yeah that's good so maybe being reminded of grace he's kind of taking them back he uses really again it's this irony he uses touchy-feely language you know Mm -hmm. And he's saying, just do it, like go be obedient. So, you know, my point was the goal is not for us to have touchy feeling, touchy feely feelings towards each other. The goal is for us to serve each other. But he's taking it back to, do you feel any of those feelings from God? Like, did, mm. do you feel that God loves you? It's, it seems like he's starting with those feelings and then saying, now go serve. So that's funny, even in the way that I ask that, I was almost asking it incorrectly because that is that. No, he's taking them back to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, maybe they even had this temptation of, okay, Christ built the foundation, but now we're graduating and we're we're doing our amazing work on our own. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, he's saying, go back to remembering mm-hmm. this depth of emotion that should be stirred up by that. That's what Jesus. I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I see yeah, in this context. Cool, that's awesome. So. I have a couple questions. One yeah. is is related to this section, and one is not. And mm-hmm. I think I'll start with the one that is not. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so you chose to not focus on Christ's work on the cross as mm-hmm. love. You you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Chris is bringing it up. Obviously, the text kind of forces you there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you focused on Christ emptying himself. So that's like the second point, right? And mm-hmm. becoming. Um, a baby a baby yeah Mm -hmm. and so i was i don't know exactly my question but maybe did you purposely not choose the ultimate Mm. version of love you choose baby because advent that makes sense Mm -hmm. um is christ becoming a man a demonstration of love on its own Mm -hmm. completely separate from the cross or Mm. is it only an example of love mm-hmm. because of the cross. Um, yeah, no, it's a really good I, question. So we're uh, we're the kinds of people that would not want to not mention the cross in a sermon, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of central to what we believe Jesus did. And I, so I think because of that, I wanted to say yes, confirm that the cross is important. You know, we don't have our salvation without the cross, but we also don't have our salvation without his living a perfect life. You know, like that, 
the Bible right. does emphasize that is really important. I think the cross is just the most important, you know, and so I think if you like really studied out, you'd say, well, him living a perfect life is is part of the package and his resurrection from the dead is part of the package. Right. But the we cross, tend to say the, the cross, cross is just the pinnacle. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the point where you can look forward and look back, right? Yeah, it's and like it the hits focus the top, point. But it's like the main thing he did, but but his resurrection is a part of that and his life before that is a part of that. So I was trying to emphasize the life before that. Yeah. So, I actually, I actually <laughs> experienced that as I was trying to create a piece of art for the Christmas creative challenge mm-hmm. that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I think to speak to that, it, it was an interesting journey of, okay, the challenge is write something about love period. Mm-hmm. But, but we're also in this season of Advent and it, yeah. there, it's, it's more kind of uh, focused in on a specific instance or a specific mm-hmm. color. So like I was writing a poem about, and it started with just love, period. And then like, mm-hmm. oh, it will, I want to, you know, I I'm really want to wrestle through this. How do I know God loves me? How do I experience that? But then it was like, but even that is not, not this like laser beam focus on the incarnation that we're kind mm-hmm. of really stroke. So I wanted to get as close to that as I could get. And that was a much more challenging thing of mm-hmm. how does a baby being held by a mother, a human mother, <laughs> What is, what, what's the love transaction there? You know, stuff like that. So I don't know. That, I, I, I resonate with this, like, we, need a, we mm-hmm. need a chance to unpack the single chapter of what's happening mm-hmm. in a deep way or each chapter as it occurs, too. So, and, and it doesn't mean don't connect it to the cross, but, but mm-hmm. I felt that same struggle. Yeah, so I think okay. some years past, we, we do these Advent themes, and so we say, Christmas time, remind us of these themes, right? Hope, love, joy, peace. And then I'll craft a sermon out of the, you know, strongest passage I can find that talks about one of those themes, and I'm not connecting it very well with the actual birth of Jesus. So I was trying a little more to, especially to help out your junior high kids and get frustrated when I don't connect it with the birth of baby Jesus. So I was trying to connect those dots a little more. Yeah, it makes sense. I just wanted to clarify, Mm -hmm. I guess before we moved on, Mm -hmm. that this might not be the passage that everyone would turn to when we're thinking of love or ultimate mm-hmm. love. Like, mm-hmm. like if you're doing a topical series mm-hmm. and love is your topic, this yeah. might not be the first sermon you would give. Yeah. And so that's kind of what that's, I was going yeah, for and, and wanting to, to check in on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and just a little inside baseball on that too. When you've got things like Christmas, you're preaching every year as a preacher, you know, this is year 13, you you start to look for creative ways to attack like, this. It has the, to do the same exact Yeah, you know, so you, you end up repeating some texts, mm-hmm. trying to look at them from a different angle. You, you keep coming back to the birth and what it means. You know, so there's there's actually something kind of cool about that because it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, but it forces you to kind of relook at it from different directions. I really, and I really like it. Again, I know you're not attacking it, Joey. You're yeah. clarifying, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I, I celebrate this kind of seeking a more full orbed mm-hmm. it's like you're shading in the edges of what what our concept of love is and and yeah really finding so like one year nuances. i just did first corinthians 13 which is probably the most famous yeah. love passage yeah. Yeah. So right. i did that one year and i was like eh that was too recent i'm not ready to do that again you know but mm. I, i'll probably do that one again someday. sounds like uh, we can just either project it on the screen or get a hologram made and dave could just be gone for the four weeks leading up to christmas yes. that could be his vacation just we've got 13 years of sermons yes. we can just put on repeat yep, um yep. 
man, I had a question and I lost it mm. in inside of that that shuffle there, and mm. it was a good one. It was a controversial mm. uh, stir of the pot. Good you can one. come back to I it out of order it. later if you mm. feel like. It. I mean, I started out of order. So, <laughs> uh, well, I guess to help us finish with unify mm-hmm. ing unifying, what is what does that actually look like? So, mm. to be fellow sold, mm. what? You know, like, what does that mm-hmm. look like? I guess you could answer, what did it look like then? Yeah. But also, what does it look like now, right? Like, how do we mm-hmm. be fellow sold with the 400 people that yeah. enter the doors on a Sunday morning or whatever our metric is for who is mm-hmm. a fellow soul mm-hmm. here? I, I tried to affirm, in the past, I've taken some heat for always, like, beating our people up for not being diverse enough, so... Mm. I realized, ooh, I need to affirm the good stuff that's happening. And so I tried to affirm, man, we are we are this. We are unified people from different backgrounds, and we're here because we're unified around Jesus. So that's why we serve each other and help each other and worship together, because we love Jesus, and that makes us family. Not, you know, it's not a mountain biking club. It's not a chess club. It's not a, a Celtic, Scottish games club. You know, like we, we're not unifying around our tribal background or whatever you know we love i don't know historical reenactments of whatever we're unifying around jesus you know um so i tried to just affirm this is what it looks like what what we're doing now um and as the lord teaches us to be humble we'll we'll do this better and as we learn to distinguish between our secondary identities and our primary identities we will do more of this um and we'll be able to kind of let loose and it, of course, that took us some into the emptying in the next point. But we'll be able to let go of our, our preferences I more. don't think that you clarified that enough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said, it looks like what we're doing here, mm-hmm. and we'll do more of this. Mm-hmm. So can you help me know what what we're doing here? And this is, sorry, yeah. I cut you off, but I wanted to yeah, yeah, yeah. get that in. So like in church, like we're literally gathered in a room together to worship Jesus and to serve him. Then we're going to go and we're going to serve the city in a way that, like John 17 says, when Jesus says, when my people are united, more people will see Jesus, more people will meet Jesus, more people will start walking with Jesus. And the converse of that is if we, I think I mentioned mountain biking because I like to mountain bike. If we just gather around what we like and not around Jesus, then we're not unified, we're tribalized into our likes. Um, And tried to clarify you know, there's a common sense, of course, it's okay to like things, but we want to make main things main things. And as long as we continue to teach as a church that Jesus is most important and obeying his, him is most important, and then our secondary identities are secondary to that, then we will have this uh, concept, <laughs> which is unity, which is people from different races and backgrounds worshiping Jesus together. Um, so I was focusing on the worshiping together, the people I'm looking at in the room while I'm preaching, but that also looks like everything we do as a church, you know, serving one another, doing evangelism together, uh, taking meals to each other when someone's sick, you know, all those everyday things, um, praying for each other, doing life together. So we say that, we say that all the time that, uh, you know, Jesus is what should unite us. Mm -hmm. Definitely accurate, not trying to knock it, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Is there a place that you draw the line, though? So, like, mm. you know, we say Jesus we is primary, everything else is secondary. You can yeah. like your other things secondary, but as long as you like Jesus as your primary, mm-hmm. you know, you're mm-hmm. you're 
welcome here united with us here mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're saying i'm not yeah, wanting yeah. to put words in your mouth but mm-hmm. is there a place where you draw that line like for instance, you know, you said the letters are written a lot of times to churches that are doing things that aren't right. Mm. Sometimes the letters would say, you know, kick people out. Is that something that keeps us united? Mm-hmm. And if so, is that something we should be doing, like, say, mm-hmm. to other churches in Colleen? I don't know. That might be too much of a... Um, I mean, well, just recently, our country redefined marriage at the government level, and so we redefined you know, what our statement in our... We re-clarified. Whatever, we re-clarified, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we made sure that we were explicitly saying, no, this is what marriage means in the Bible. Well, and we just, so we, we just we wrote separated. down what we had mm-hmm. always been saying. We didn't yeah. redefine anything. Right, right, right. We, yeah, we yeah. wrote it down. Mm-hmm. And, and so we reestablished that with more clarity. So that was a drawing line in the sand. Um, and so in that, we basically said, hey, anybody that disagrees, you're welcome here, but we're not going to do your wedding. You can't, you know, lead if you're going to like push a different agenda or go in a different direction. Um, so we're going to try to love you and serve you, but we're not going to, uh, you know, affirm the new definition of marriage. Um, so that I'd say that was a line where we say, you know, we're not going to get along in every detail on this issue. It struck me as you're talking to like, um, I think we talk in sort of group terms or mm-hmm. tribal terms, and so I think there's this this feeling some of us may have of, well, if I'm not engaged in sort of tribal warfare, mm-hmm. then that means I am unified. Um, mm. But I think there's actually something <laughs> you may actually just have a micro tribe of you <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and if anyone agrees with your specific uh menu of of every th- preferences then you're not going to unite with one other person uh, so mm-hmm. i i guess does that make sense like i think we've we're so individualized and so um so custom everything's customizable to my own preference that I see that play out even often more more mm-hmm. often than oh my people uh, saying something like my people don't do that thing that those people do mm-hmm. it's it's actually much more I don't feel like I belong anywhere I just have all of my own specific opinions and I'm going to make sure that mm-hmm. um, that I don't hang out with anybody who disagrees right we're getting worse at lo- disagreeing and still loving on things that are lesser issues and um so I, I guess that's that's some of the battlefield that I see more often is maybe <laughs> my micro tribe of one, my preference of of music, and and so in a sense, these very obvious things we do on Sunday are a stepping out and a blending of my micro tribe with another micro tribe of mm-hmm. I'm choosing to get out of bed on Sunday morning, <laughs> which is not my prefer my personal preference. I, I'm coming together with these people. I'm I mean literally. Mm-hmm. Do you choose to sing or not sing in the service? Like mm-hmm. that is, that is a, a question of unity, right? Like we're breathing in and breathing out at the same time. We're sing, trying to sing on the same note, like whether we realize it or not. This is a very clear moment of: Am I going to step past my preference to celebrate something bigger than myself, or and and in order to connect with and unify? with these other believers or am i going to say nope don't like the song or nope mm. don't like singing or nope 
Right. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. so, um, so I'm very aware of that, I guess. So, so the gather, serve, join thing in and of itself is a anti-tribal thing because we all want to have our own perfectly customized micro tribe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think we take worship for granted because we all do it regularly. Yeah. You know, we've, we've been doing this for a long time, but that's a, it's a weird countercultural yeah. thing that we gather to hear the word taught, to pray together, to greet other Christians, to pass the peace, um, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> and also with you. Um, and also with you. I think, I think what we're getting to without saying it is that mm-hmm. being united is emptying ourselves, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. so it really leads, does flow to the next yeah. It leads straight cool. into your second point. And um, I mean, you talked a lot about god emptying himself Mm -hmm. you talked about you know what it looks like for god to be man you said you know there's been a lot of um i guess false teaching that focuses Mm -hmm. just on um god's manhood so we've historically well whatever our history looks like (laughs) we've historically um that was an inside joke listen to last week's podcast (laughs) if you want that one um what we've historically uh done is just look at god's godness right mm-hmm. jesus is godness and so so you talked a lot about jesus emptying himself and being content and giving up his precious um mm. uh, that Equality i couldn't, couldn't flow God. after that one yeah. <laughs> that was such a bad uh, reference to lord of the rings that i just didn't even go there um but you did mm-hmm. you so did um but he didn't count it to be something to be held on to tightly mm-hmm. uh he became a man and that was part of his love, right? Emptying himself. And I think you probably talked enough about it in the sermon for, for that part, but what does that look like for us? Mm. And I think we're already talking about that, right? That yeah. looks like mm-hmm. giving up our preferences. You said, um, Chris, you said, you know, giving up our preferences and, and celebrating something bigger, something bigger yeah. together. Right. But mm-hmm. I wanted to say in that moment, if I could pause time and say, and, and mourn something together and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, fill in the blank. So it's not just like, mm-hmm. oh, we come together and we celebrate together, but yeah. mm-hmm. we're doing all these things together. Over we're, sin. Mm-hmm. you know, um, adoring, confessing, yeah. thinking, mm-hmm. totally, um, yeah. requesting. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's the actor version instead of the acts version. Yeah, it's yeah. requesting instead of supplication. Oh, nice. That's a, that's actors. a word we still use in the twenty first century. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, when, when we were talking about this whole concept of emptying himself in small group, um, I'm, I'm always thinking, what's the opposite of that? Mm-hmm. And, and the kind of med- metaphor I saw was the opposite of emptying yourself is being puffed up, right? Mm-hmm. We Game we boy. know what's that? That's the word. The old. Uh, King James word is vain glory. It's like, mm. yeah, it's like mm. an empty glory yeah. puffed up. Yeah. And so as we were d- discussing, so I'm trying to think, okay, let me describe what puffed up is so that I can understand what what emptying myself would be. Mm. And sometimes it's easier to do that for me. And I was just really struck by this, um, this sense of, so being puffed up is this, um, basically it says my reputation depends on your opinion of me right like because i'm mm-hmm. gonna i'm gonna i want to appear as grand as i possibly can for a few minutes i want to appear more grand than i actually am we know jesus was actually <laughs> the glorious one um but but there's this thing of so if i'm being puffed up i am trying to appear to you 
as, as more glorious than I am. I'm going to guard that uh, your opinion of me at all costs mm-hmm. versus. So if I'm emptying myself out, it doesn't mean I'm not like it didn't mean Jesus was not God. Mm-hmm. It just means he wasn't on a continuous marketing campaign to remind you at every moment that you should be giving him this proper respect. Right. Like because mm-hmm. because that's that's the crazy sort of scandal of the incarnation is like, wait, there should be more happening now. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was angels singing and there was shepherds bowing, but the whole world should have. It was so simple. Stopped. Yes. It was so simple and human and finite. Yeah. Right. Um, And so that was just that, you know, we talk a lot about the identity thing, but Jesus being secure and he, he knew it was true. He knew it continued to be true that he was God, even when he wasn't getting his, you know, this, this crazy party and living in a palace like he deserved. Mm. And for us, there's that, that like, if we know we're children of God and we're not going to be puffed up and not going to be worried about, do you see how good I am? Do you see how mm-hmm. great I am? Mm-hmm. We can like just be ourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. The model of Jesus as a human trusting the father is a huge and important model mm. And so when he's, you know, tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he's showing us what it looks like to trust God and not not to be a whole nother sinful atom that gives in, but to be a, a victorious atom that trusts God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And that going back to your question about the cross, it's just that's a huge thing theologically. I don't think we we mine the, all the deep stuff out of that very often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just struck again, trying to write some poetry about this moment. I kept wanting to say things like he placed himself at our mercy or, or you know, mm. he's placed himself mm. in these fragile hands. Mm. But immediately my, my theology brain kicks in and says, but the sovereignty of God d- would not allow him to be mm. killed. Right. So it, again, it, but it's this very, very human thing of like, I feel insecure right now. I feel like this is all up to some crazy young woman and her her betrothed husband and we're in a stable and everything's terrible and i'm gonna die (laughs) you know like that's how we would feel but there's this this undergirding of the sovereignty of god and and Mm -hmm. his care for us that's like we're not we're not just trusting this young mother we're trusting the god of the universe to does that make sense to hold to hold us up so hmm it hurts my brain. That's abstraction wrapped in abstraction. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, I go. mean it's a good thought exercise though too to mm-hmm. be like, huh? Are we really actually saying what we mean and meaning what we say? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All those words have meaning things. I think it's good to to slow down and be like, okay, yeah, when we say this, we mean this, and that's mm-hmm. weird because he's God, and this is this, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Anything else on emptying? I don't know. I'm not sure where we're at. <laughs> Again, listened in the car, so don't have good notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I keep thinking in my head of um, the Dustin Cruncher, Cruncher Kinder? song, This yeah. Is War. It's my mm, favorite Christmas yeah, song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of the lyrics, but the lyrics are so good that multiple times i've been like oh that's that song oh that's that song Mm -hmm. um 
Anyways, look it up. This is War by Dustin mm-hmm. uh, Kendrew. 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 Yeah. Kendrew. Kendrew. Yeah. yeah. I think the uh, book I mentioned, I mentioned this quote of Jesus being content with his human limitations. Mm. And that's a book by Zach Eswine called Imperfect Pastor. Um, mm. I think anyone would enjoy it, uh, whether you're a pastor or not. But he, he really digs into that. Like, what does it mean for us? as leaders, as fathers, as pastors, as whatever we are, being content to live in humble human dependence on our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. That was another another thought of the incarnation. I was thinking about infinite God becoming finite man, so crazy, and like how how Jesus could have been so frustrated by even just being trapped in one location and only having human muscles that could only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always wrestling as you're talking about giving and serving, and it's like, well, is there a line of of overextension, of over mm-hmm. giving more than you should, or you're know, wounding yourself or wounding your family, and and mm-hmm. that's that. Again, it brought me back to the puffed up. So the opposite of the good version of of not being puffed up is just letting the hot air out, just being yourself. It's not like like sucking in all the air and trying to be a tiny person. It, so anyway, sorry, I'm going around a million ways, but like, but it's like, it's being yourself and being okay with being yourself and saying, yeah. this is what I can do. And I'm going to do that. You know, we were joking in small group, like Jesus being like, I want to be in, I need to be in Judea and Samaria at the same time, helping these people and those people. And, <laughs> and why like, can't I, I can do, do that? that? Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. do that. But no, I can't do that. Like, darn it. And it's, and it's, a, that's a very, surely a very real thing he struggled with was, I can only do so much with this time and in this place and with this mm-hmm. frame that I have. Um, but he, you know, he, he trusted, trusted God and did what he could, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be a great study to just study what Jesus was frustrated by mm. and how often it's not. <laughs> sometimes it is totally what we'd be frustrated by. You know, I mean, yeah. like the classic cases in the garden of Gethsemane, he doesn't want to be brutally murdered and separated from the father. Mm. But, uh, a lot of times he's surprisingly okay with his humanness. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, all right, I'm going to take a nap now. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You should make a, a Netflix series. Mm. That's just the frustrations, the frustrations of Jesus, of Jesus. <laughs> behind the scenes. Uh, mm. Skip skip all the ones everyone yeah. knows about. He turns over the tables and the yeah we know temple. about that one. Already. That one mm. that one gets me because that's about the most frustrated we mm. see him. I think. Mm. Yeah. See, I'm talking about Chris's thought process of like, yeah. well, I need to be here and here and blah blah. blah. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. I think frustrated is a strange word to use because mm-hmm. the text uses the word that he was content. Yeah, yeah. So saying mm-hmm. someone's content and frustrated at the time same time mm-hmm. seem a little odd, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wasn't even sense. saying. I was saying the opposite of he could have, and maybe we would say should have been frustrated mm, by it, but wasn't. We yes, yes, yeah. and so that's that's the message to me of yeah. of like yes, I can grow frustrated that I can't help everyone all the time and have energy forever, or I can just be content that I I can do what I can. Well, yeah, and I think it's a great temptation for people in any position of leadership. So that's again, recommend that book, Imperfect Pastor. Even if yeah. you're not a pastor, but you're like a leader in some way, you're. You're kind of running out in front of a group and saying, hey, follow me, or hey, let's do this thing in whatever realm of life you're doing that in. And there's the temptation because of experience to say, oh, I can do a little more than that person 
that I've just run ahead of. Hmm. And there's this weird temptation that sets in of us thinking we can do more and more and more, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and there's a, it's a really healthy to just stop and say, no, I can't do everything. It's hmm. good. What about shocking love? Shocking love. Love has a cattle prod. Yes. It's like electricity. I, I don't remember which part of the text. Obviously, it's through the end, and yours mm-hmm. is ends at verse thirteen. But mm-hmm. what were the verses for for this one? So, I was trying to connect two things that don't really look like they connect in the text. So, hmm. he gets the name above every name. He is God. So now we're back to he really is God. So we were kind of focusing on his humanity, but now it's like he is the Lord of Lords. He is every knee. You know, every knee is bowing down to him. He is God. And then Paul goes to, so so then work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, it's like a funny, mm. you'd think, wait, Paul, why did you just jump to obedience again after mm. talking about how awesome and big and godness of Jesus? You know, it's just like this weird, seems like it's disjointed, but I was trying to say that those actually go together and that, you know, the overwhelming reality of who God is, is what is working through us because Paul kind of wraps around back to it's God who is... Um, both to will and work for his good pleasure is the quote at the end of verse 13. So, hmm. um, the best word I could use, I could come up with in the moment for that was shocking, but just there's this, I was thinking of the other episodes, like when, you know, Isaiah sees God and it blows his mind and, um, and then he starts serving God after the interaction with the angels and the atonement scene. And mm-hmm. um, I just think there's a, I want to say parallel, but I won't use that word. <laughs> use it all you want, buddy. <laughs> You're using it accurately. Uh, you you could have used the word "love is awful." Ooh, full of awe. <laughs> but that probably that wouldn't would have confused wouldn't, people. Yeah, it would yes. have been confusing. Um, love is awesome. Well, that's Even and that that's a, that's the same. that's the edges of Christianity that, that mm-hmm. we don't aren't comfortable with, you mm-hmm. know. Like, yeah, I mean, I loved your picture. That was I like a weird what? picture of cherubim. It was so freaky. Oh, it no, was kind of like it? a nightmare picture. It was crazy, and it was like it was a very it was like, one, of the, one of those accurate like head of a bear, yeah, the yeah. mouth of a lion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're just not comfortable with that as mm-hmm. as modern. Like this is an angel. Scientific what? Christians. Yeah, yeah. man. That, that was wild. Sometimes you don't know what to do with that, but you have to because it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking weirdness. Shocking, I guess, is, is the word. So, so it was just mostly, at least. I'm assuming that you spent the least amount of time on this point, but this could be inaccurate. You know, you never know when you're not here. Mm-hmm. But so basically just that it's a strange turn to go from saying God's man to God's God to saying now because of that mm-hmm. work hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that yeah well, it was a lot more beautiful and subtle than that <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah. well nitty gritty let's get down to the nitty gritty so, so I guess it it's probably the least it was the it's least like, memorable point if you point see how me, so God trying, how God how big God is. I want to say how God God is. But yeah, mm. if you see how God That's God is, you see how big statement. God is, mm. if you get a vision of God, it's mm. going to change you. And, and Paul has this funny little phrase of like, so you've obeyed in my in my presence? Let's obey when I'm not there. And, mm. and the power for that is the shocking reality of who God, you know, the vision of God, the 
Jesus exalted. That's the power of what's going to shake and tremble mm-hmm. through you and lead to farther obedience. You're not going to obey to be seen, kind of going back to some of the identity stuff we were talking about earlier, but you're going to obey because of God actually working through you in his pleasure. I'm not mm-hmm. sure when you said this, mm-hmm. but you did at one point talk about, like, is is it for you all previous love? Like, I remember the point that God loved me, and then I just go on with my life, or are you continually seeing that was at this point? I don't think it was. Hmm. But kind of what you're saying now is making me think of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that at all? Or I don't am remember I that just, part. Hmm. I, I did make some changes from the 9 to the 1030, but I don't know if... I have no clue which one yeah. I listened to. I oh, clicked no. on one that said GBC live stream, but yeah. there's two of them, so it yeah. could have been either. But um, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. But you, you talked, I think it was in the very beginning, maybe even before you got to your points, but you talked about, you know, are you, there's the type of Christian that at one point felt the love, was shocked by it, is mm-hmm. how I'm saying it now, mm-hmm. and then they just went on and continued their thing versus somebody who's constantly shocked or constantly mm-hmm. looking. I don't remember exactly, so that's yeah. not going to be helpful. But Yeah, mm-hmm. I did make an application like that but i don't remember the details i do i mean so who cares Mm. what i said i think Mm. that is a good thing to do is Mm. to continue to look at god again you know like Mm. to to view him we view him through the scriptures we go back to seeing who he is as he's revealed himself in Mm. the scriptures Um, calvin would say then we use the scriptures as glasses to view him in creation Mm. you know we don't want to just go to creation without the scriptures but we use the scriptures as our spectacles to properly view his fingerprints in creation and have that sense mm. of awe and, and wonder again. I love that when we were when we were talking in a small group about how do you know God loves you? How do you experience God's love, I guess, mm. on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. That That's what came to mind for me was as I read scripture, it helps me to maintain sort of a, a rightly enchanted view of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, mm-hmm. was it Einstein that said either nothing's a miracle or everything is? Mm. Um and so as you see as you see all goodness so the biblical thing is all good and perfect gifts come down from the father of heavenly lights so mm-hmm. anytime you encounter anything good you should we should be aware of god's mm-hmm. love for us mm-hmm. and not not secularize that and say well this category of thing just happens outside of him and it just i expect it yeah it every good thing should remind us but one one other thing that really struck me in that in that pursuit of kind of trying to stay amazed at God's love, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about examples of God how he how he loves throughout the Bible, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was that struck me about it, but it, our our leader Jim said, um, "So now remember, you see that example of love, and now remember, since God does not change, He's the God yesterday, today, and forever the same." So when you see an example of him loving someone else in the past, you can know that is the way he is still loving today. Mm. You can know that is still the kind of love he shows Mm. to you. Mm -hmm. And just something about the way that was said was like, wow, I just never, I I found myself again, oh, I've been overly humanizing this God and making Mm. him like a God. Oh, well, yeah, he did that thing back then that doesn't mean he's doing it now or that's mm. the way he still works. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so anyway, that just really mm. struck me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because and that's the pattern you see in like the Psalms a lot, right? Like look back at his mighty acts. That's not supposed to just 
make you say, oh, he did some cool things, but like <laughs> yeah. he is this kind of God. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it's like just, it was neatly kind of this mathematical unlocking mm-hmm. in my head. Like hmm. he did great things. He does yeah. not change equals he's doing great things yeah. in that same way. Um, yeah. Just picturing Chris having a Sherlock Holmes moment in the middle of Bible study and <laughs> he the went into his mind palace. <laughs> his mind palace. I love it. Oh. Yes. Uh, it's 5.45. Uh, we mm-hmm. should probably wrap up. <laughs> what? That's good. Oh, always 5.45. dumb clock joke again. <laughs> always okay. 5.45 in Joey's I mind palace. Like, what does this mean? Yeah, it's just because I always should be leaving here because I've been here too long. It's <laughs> <laughs> just always. Uh, okay, cool. Any other thoughts, ideas? Concerns. No. <laughs> Chris said, can't let, let it go. Do <laughs> you guys have anything this week? Last week you had nothing. I don't know if I have anything uh, this week. Ooh, I went hiking with my wife this weekend. Want to recommend this park to y'all? It's River Place Park in Cedar Park. Oh. So you can find it on like a map program. Cedar Park Swag. Yeah. Cedar Park Swag. <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> what that, that is. Means. I grew up there, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Remind me to show you. Uh, <laughs> For the record, people, if you go to this park, it's not the neighborhood Chris grew up in. Nope. We don't want you thinking he's a billionaire and you don't want to start asking him for money. But it mm. is a millionaire kind of neighborhood in Cedar Park. But the park is glorious. It's this long trail that you can walk on in the trees. There's a creek on one side, a big river on the other side. It's really pretty. Mm. So, recommendation. That's a unpaid commercial for River Place Trail. So probably about three or four years ago, some YouTuber made a song about Cedar Park. Mm. I have to show it to you. It sounded like YouTube. You had yeah. your YouTube voice on. I could tell. <laughs> Cedar Park swag. <laughs> Do you have anything about Cedar Park, Chris? <laughs> about Cedar Park? We've all, we've all contributed. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. The closest thing I can I have to can't let it go is um, maybe not surprisingly the Christmas creative thing we're still doing and. Uh, I've just loved people um, diving in or being forced into the creative process and mm. these conversations of mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just a very it's a very uh, familiar pattern for someone who's tried to, to make something anything I mean uh, mm-hmm. maybe even yeah for your sermons you feel the same just this these moments of resistance and these moments of like why am I even doing this mm. and and uh, I just, man, I just love to see the church uh, risking and 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 trying to, with their own gifts, with their own strengths and weaknesses, that that mashup of what they have, trying to just add beauty to the world. And mm-hmm. I, I've just been really encouraged by that. Um, and and really fighting against that. This there's this really heavy sense of we're in the middle of a global competition anytime i make something mm-hmm. you know i'm going to put my song on itunes up against whoever's number 1 in the charts mm-hmm. and that's i think that's such an anti um be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. thing for 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 lack of a better way to say it i just love seeing people just put their little speck of beauty out into the world um what they can do at that moment to press on to not even not even ask why am i doing this and what's the payoff but mm. to just continue to do it and let god god send the, that the that practice. little that color i, I will say you know? yeah in that being someone who felt not ready to do it this week 
I did contribute because it was this little group of people that I trusted. Yeah. I was willing to share my little thing, my little finger painting with this little group. I, w- yeah. I would not have put it out on the, <laughs> on the internet for everyone to see. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I, I, my encouragement, even in that, is like, maybe you could. Maybe you should. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, like, like what's going to happen? You know, oh, they're going to say you're, that's that puffed up thing. It's like, they're going to think Dave's not as good of an artist as he actually is. Or they might actually How dare they? grasp, they, yeah, they might actually grasp this moment of tr- goodness and beauty. Um, even, man, yeah. I'm full of too much xenodoxia to pa- allow that, Chris. Pa- part of me also says maybe you shouldn't share all your things, though. Yeah. Not, not to like yeah. fight yeah. against Kinodox. you, but no. part yeah. of me feels like we're in this, this era in time where everyone is sharing everything is great and yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. deserves to be seen and shared and it's like well no some things are better than others and right yeah like so that doesn't mean you shouldn't share your things mm-hmm, but maybe mm-hmm. yeah that's true because but good distinction i guess i'm in the land of who's it for and i mm-hmm. think i think when you find yourself in the happy place of this is for god and not me and yep. then there really isn't as much of a downside as we think it's like if god chooses to spark one godward thought from this crappy piece of sorry this not good piece of art what are you saying (laughs) about my art press it my man mine always feel that way at some moment for sure and that's that's the wonder and that's i was really happy with week one really not happy with week two yeah it's like "Ah, i'm just gonna publish it Uh, part of the work was coming up with the idea and that's what i spent uh, you know i scrapped like 10 ideas and then i had like a half finished thing this makes me so happy though it's Mm -hmm. like it's your sophomore album and it was Mm -hmm. harder to to make like this Mm -hmm. is such the pattern i see in the world and Mm -hmm. yeah keep going dave keep going you'll be again after 30 years i set my pens and pencils down and i'll guys i'll i'll copy and paste dave's art to (laughs) To the public page (laughs) to the world that's fun well i i don't know i've got a bunch of things jumbling in my head one is um the astronomical price gouging of airplane flights mm. when you're trying to fly last minute. Mm. One would think that uh, if there's empty seats on a plane mm. that's about to leave in a couple hours, it would make more sense to sell them for $100 and mm-hmm. then try and sell them for $2,000 mm. and somebody just decide to drive 13 hours instead. Mm-hmm. You know? Seems wrong. So that's odd. Another thing that's bouncing in my head is how quickly young children grow especially so like you know i was gone for four days Mm. and samuel's like twice as big as he was when i left yeah so that's crazy but um (laughs) i guess the real and mostly related thing is i'm i'm just gonna read the song i mentioned earlier this is war Mm. by dustin ken's Mm. Ken's, yeah, yep. yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a good one. Watch the music video because it's yeah, super weird yeah, and awesome. Cool. Yeah. But the lyrics of the song go as follows This is war like you ain't seen. This winter's long, it's cold and mean. With downcast hearts, we stood condemned, but the tide turns now at Bethlehem. This is war and born tonight, the word as flesh, the Lord of light. The Son of God, the lowborn King, whom demons fear, of whom angels sing. Hallelujah, a child is born. He is the rescue we've waited for. The throne of David he will restore and reign with mercy forevermore. This is war on sin and death. The dark will take its final breath. It shakes the earth, confounds all plans. The mystery of God 
as man.